everybody. Welcome to edition nine of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. I'm joined again by my co-host, as known as FPL Cantona, Jamie. How are you this afternoon, Jamie? Yeah, good, Timmer. Going well. It's been a wet and wild day today here in Melbourne. We had 20 mil of rain, so um, let's hope the fantasy points rain this week for us, eh? How you going? Okay, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, going pretty well. It's always nice to not have to wait two weeks for uh, the next game week. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, launching into this week's podcast. Um, a fair bit to get through. So I think maybe probably the best thing to do is uh, wrap up from last week. Jamie, how did you go? Well, tell, tell us the name of the episode first because it's a good one. I think, it's, uh, I think the theme has to be the return of the 8.0 midfielder. Yeah. We've, we've certainly uh, been off the 8.0s, but I think we're all back on it now. So we'll have a chat about it today in this week's episode. But in terms of wrapping up last week, I finished up with the 91 points. I took a minus four because Izak was injured. I was hoping to roll last week, but took the minus four, brought in Tony. He got me one point, finished with 91 Take away the minus four. So overall, I finished with 87. Still got a green arrow. So back up to 137,000 overall. Um, before the before the Leicester game, I was sitting at about 300. So I was very happy with the climb I made from Maddo. Um, so two weeks post wildcard, I'm pretty happy where I'm sitting. Um, how did you go, Dima? Yeah, I got uh, 87 points as well. Uh, 69,000 overall, uh, a green arrow, and still got all of my chips in play. So looking to play that wildcard chip. I was planning on game week 12, but we'll probably cover off in this podcast. And now I've moved that to game week 13. For me, last week's heroes was obviously Erling Haaland scoring three goals and two assists against Manchester United for a whopping 23 points or 46 if you had him as captain. We all feel the pain of all the of all of the Salah captainers out there. It's just one of those things where such a such a minor decision can have such a massive impact on your overall season. But it was only the eighth week of the season where we've played fantasy Premier League, so plenty of time to make up for all of the lost ground. My other heroes was uh, Madison, as you said before. I think he wouldn't say saved my game week, but yeah, that uh, final game of the round. Uh, Jumped me up from the rankings from about 130, 140,000 up to the 69,000. So I guess that just shows how close it is at the moment. Just the rundown from last week's fixtures. Uh, Arsenal beating Spurs 3-1 in a very uh, impressive display early on. Bournemouth-Brentford played a 0-0 draw. Tony very, very stiff in that game. He almost almost scored a really nice goal, but unfortunately for us two, he didn't. Chelsea losing to Crystal... uh, Sorry. Chelsea beating Crystal Palace 2-1 with a goal from the death from last year's wonder kid from Crystal Palace, Connor Gallagher. So that, that would have hurt all of the uh, Palace fans. Fulham having a man sent off very early, losing 4-1 to Newcastle with a very frustrating goal at the end scored by Fulham. Liverpool 3-3 versus Brighton, which was a uh, one of those games where you thought that it could end six or seven each, the way they were playing. So very, very open at the back. Southampton won, Everton 2. West Ham beating Wolves 2-0. Manchester City putting Man United to the sword 6-3. Probably doesn't bode well for my uh, long ball of the week last week was a nil-nil in that game. So that, that probably didn't work out too well. Leeds and Villa playing at a nil-nil draw. And Leicester, as we just mentioned, uh, putting 
Nottingham Forest to the sword with a 4-0 win there. And could that be the turning point in their season, Jamie? I think it could be. I think I think they're a team to, to look out for now. They've got their first win of the season, got a clean sheet, uh, good run of fixtures. So they're certainly, um, you know, a couple of players on the watch list. Um, you know, they've been stiff a couple of times early on not, not to win. Um, but, you know, they're... they're Main player Madison, you know, playing that position, everything just sort of goes through him. He's good on, you know, he's taking free kicks, set pieces. He just looks like a really good player. So I think he's a must own for everyone. Yeah. And from uh, memory last week, that was your uh, take it to the bank, Leicester to Thump Forest. So kudos to you. There we you go. Finally got one right, which is good. <laughs> um, moving on to the eye test and what caught my eyes. So the, I guess the teams and players that passed my eye test from last week's results. Madison was in everything. I think we've already sort of covered off on that with uh, two goals, one assist and a, uh, well, a staggering free kick, to be honest, the way that he stood over that ball and it uh, went in off the post. Uh, Harlan's an absolute monster. And I think we're at that point now where he's probably our uh, perma-captain, sort of like Salah has been over, you know, for periods of time over the last few years. Uh, Arsenal put in a very professional display against Tottenham, winning 3-1 with Spurs' only goal coming from the spot. Um, and, you know, w- when we look at the figures from that game, basically every stat during that game meant that there was no way that Spurs could have actually won that game because Arsenal dominated possession, dominated the play, dominated final third, all those sorts of things. The last thing for me, Jamie, that caught my eye was evidence defence seems to have tightened up. And statistically speaking, they currently have the best defence in the Premier League with the least goals conceded. Really? Yeah, I mean, look, I I would much rather have my City assets than their assets at the back. But as it stands, with the three goals scored by uh, Manchester United in the second half against Man City, the new, I guess, top of the table for goals conceded is um, evident. What uh, was able to catch your eye, Jamie? Yeah, well, just going back to um, your note about Arsenal Spurs, I think that, um, you know, from the first whistle, Arsenal just came out like it was a cup final, the way that they attacked Spurs and put the pressure on. No doubt Arteta would have been, you know, he would have made a point of that during the week, you know, losing to Spurs late last season and and missing out on that Champions League spot. So it was a bit of a revenge for him, a bit of a revenge match for him. And you could tell with the way they played, all the players up top, Martinelli, Jesus and Saka were all impressive. Um, Jesus unfortunately got another return. He's highly owned because of that gaff from Hugo Lloris. Um, you know, it cost me, you know, probably 60,000 spots, but that's all right. Um, and then also, you know, Brighton under their new manager looked really good and Trossard, um, you know, scoring a hat-trick against Liverpool away, um, you know, was was really interesting. I didn't think they'd put on a display like that, but um, I think that the way their manager plays is very attacking. So I think Brighton assets you know, should be um, kept an eye on. Um, And then also, you know, just the way Man City played against Man United, you know, your long ball of the week said nil all. It wasn't a take it to the bank, luckily for you. But, you know, just watching the game, Man United, you know, Man United beat Arsenal and they beat Liverpool. Okay, so they've had, you know, two big scalps recently. And then playing against City, they looked scared. 
and they couldn't even play out from the back. They couldn't even play in their own half. City were just putting the pressure on them. They just, you know, good spatial awareness. So I was just really impressive with how City are looking. You know, I think the title's wrapped up already. And, you know, the way they're playing, I just don't know how anyone in Europe can beat them as well. Yeah, well, I don't know about the title being wrapped up considering that they're not top of the ladder, but the way they're playing, no one should get near them. You are right in that regard. So I think it's probably probably only a matter of weeks. Um, you know, this week you got uh, Liverpool Arsenal, so and City you got uh, Southampton at home. So by the end of this week's fixtures, City will probably be on top, and then they're going to take it's going to take something to catch them the way that they're playing at the moment. Um, now the I guess the the failures of the eye test this week for me were Bournemouth offer absolutely nothing going forward. Everyone that brought in Solanke, you were warned not to go there. Bournemouth, uh, they they just look like they just don't have any sort of avenue to goal at the moment. In their defence, they have been a bit more solid at the back, but move, you know moving forward, they don't they, they, they just don't offer much. Nottingham Forest at, uh, at the moment, this is bunnies, and they are the team to target at the moment. Too many players have been brought in. And it is almost impossible for them to know what their best lineup is when you've signed 23 players. So I don't know how much longer the Nottingham Forest uh, manager will last. I think he could be a bit of a victim of their uh, transfer policy when you're going to bring in 23 on players. So let's just see how how they go over the next fortnight. But, you know, if you do have players this week from Villa, um, you know, they'd be the players probably to sort of target this week and start. Obviously, Liverpool giving up three goals at home. I think that speaks for itself. We would never, ever see that with Liverpool over the last three or four years. So, you know, they still have not figured out, I guess, their their system this year. They're still yet to gel. Um, they did have a much better result in uh, the Champions League this week, winning 2-0 um, with Trent and Salah back on the score sheet. But they just have not been able to put it together yet in the uh, Premier League. And look, kind of goes without saying, Manchester United being completely outclassed. I think, you know, for us uh, United supporters, we thought that there might be a sort of glimmer of hope that we might be back, you know, in that frame for the top four. But I think, you know, Man City really did show how far off it we are. Um, you know, there was some rare sort of glimpses in the second half of, of probably what we can do. But when you're starting at... 4-0 down at half time, you know, there's no sort of pressure on you. It's a, a lot easier to just play. So, um, yeah, hopefully Man United can uh, bounce back this week. Look, I don't have too much faith in them. But, yeah, if they can bounce back this week with a bit of a result, maybe they can uh, head back up in the right direction. Yeah, uh, I, you know, United was, you know, just disappointing. The way that they played, they just... I don't know, it seemed like they weren't confident at all against that City team. Look, I'd probably be a little bit scared as well, you know, especially away from home against that City team. Harlan, the the form he's in, Kevin De Bruyne, the form he's in as well. Uh, just a difficult game for him. Um, but I guess the teams uh, who, who failed the eye test for me, number one on the list was probably Spurs. Um, you know, from the first whistle, they just didn't, they just didn't look competitive at all. You know, they scored they scored a goal from a penalty. Um, they went into half time, you know, one all. So Conti could have, you know, tweaked a few tactics, but uh, it just seems like it's the same old tactics from him, and they're a bit one dimensional. And look, I don't know if they're being figured out, um, but Arsenal surely had the upper hand 
against them all game. Um, you know, Conti's still got a fantastic record. Um, and, and he made some interesting comments as well during the week about Doherty. Someone asked him, why wouldn't Doherty start? Because everyone's given, um, you know, crap to Emerson Royale. Um, and he says, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I want to win games. Um, so I don't know what's happening behind the scenes there, especially when Doherty was, was starting, you know, last season and doing well. So, yeah, hopefully he's not doing the old Conti and, and um, Mourinho of uh, pissing off his players and falling out with them. Um, but also failing the eye test Wolves for me, they just can't score a goal from anywhere. Uh, managers sacked as well. Um, they just don't have an asset worth having in, in FPL. Uh, and then the last one's Liverpool. You know, I don't think their new system's working. That Klopp wants them to play. Salah's not, you know, his usual inside forward. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, he's a bit all over the pitch and very advanced and he's giving up his defensive duties. Um, but Klopp wants him to play like that. So, you know, they're leaking goals a bit. Um, you know, and they seem to be coming a fair bit from his side. So, I don't know, maybe he's a bit too advanced. Um, they just don't seem in tune for me. Dimmer? Yeah, it's, there's, uh, it, it almost seems like every week the landscape changes in Fantasy Premier League where certain players two or three weeks ago were must-haves, whereas now they're the ones that you're probably looking to move on for someone else who we weren't even actually thinking about two or three weeks ago. So that is the nature of the beast. Um, that's just the way that it is in this uh, fantasy competition. Yeah, and it's interesting you say it because I think last week, you know, I, I started to think about how am I going to get like a Trent in? into my team, you know, who am I going to sell? And it just seems like he's so far from the conversation now. Um, you know, he won't even, he's not even in the discussion to come back in. So uh, unless they drastically change. Yeah, look, I mean, with their next two games as well, it's probably probably the right time to sit back and wait with all with all their assets, Liverpool, because, um, you know, they got uh, Arsenal and then Man City. So we can probably learn a little bit during those games and then work out if we want to roll with the Liverpool players from uh, 12 onwards. Moving on to the Spud slash Villain of the Week. I might kick this off. My Villain of the Week is Newcastle manager Eddie Howe for taking off three Newcastle defenders late in the game and leaving poor Pope exposed at the back, copping a very late goal, which meant all of us Pope owners, unfortunately, had to settle again with... A very disappointing two points. Whereas if you had uh, Botman, Shah, or Trippier, which I did have Trippier, you were able to bank the clean sheet. But um, yeah, for anyone else that had any of the Newcastle defenders or Pope, uh, unfortunately, yeah, you you did not get those extra four points as part of the clean sheet. Yeah, you know what? Good shout on that one. Uh, Eddie Howes cost us some points there. Um, my spot of the week is uh, Hugo Lloris for gifting an absolute peach to, to Jesus. Um, just reminded me of uh, Massimo Taibi back in the day um, of that one he let through his arms there. Um, I think that, yeah, cost me about 60,000 spots because Jesus wasn't going to score otherwise, was he? Um, so anyway, Hugo Lloris gets my spot of the week. Um, yeah, I, um, I have... I've been cursing selling um, Jesus. I sold Jesus for Mitrovic a fortnight ago. Jesus, I think, has got uh, 14 points in that period. Mitrovic's got two. Um, and, you know, that that sheer uh, ownership of Jesus, whenever he scores, and if you don't have him, geez, it hurts, because so many people who are all in that sort of, you know, 
cluster from say fifty thousand all the way up to three hundred, four hundred thousand. Jeez, it can it can make a huge difference whether he scores or not. So hopefully this week he's quiet, but um, yeah, time will tell. So. Moving on to the stats of the game week, I might just throw straight to you, Jamie, to give us the uh, bookies rundown, please. Yeah, before I get to the bookies, just a friendly reminder for everyone that there's a few players on four yellow cards. So if they get one more, they have to sit out for a game. The big name here is uh, Jesus. He's on four yellows. So as a non-owner, I wouldn't mind him getting a yellow this week. You know, just bring his price down a little bit because he's on the watch list. Um, Gordon from Everton, another... Uh, another name, uh, as well as Dallo, uh from Man United as well. So just three names there for, for everyone to keep an eye on. But if we have a look at what the bookies are saying, courtesy of Draft Town, uh, clean sheet percentage this week, Chelsea come in as the favourites at 61%. Man City at number two, 56%. And Leicester at three, at 48%, uh, which I thought was... Danny Ward could could um, you know could be a cheeky starter this week, and that's the strategy I went with last week. Remember, I um, I started with Iverson, hoping Ward would get dropped, and um, you know Leicester kept the clean sheet, but Iverson didn't get a game. So, look, it could it could be a good one this week, and if it doesn't work out, well, you've always got Pope off the bench or whoever you've got off the bench. Um, over two goals percentage, Man City the favourites at fifty three percent. Chelsea at 43%, and Leicester again at 37%. So Leicester's popping up a bit here. Um, and then uh, anytime goal scorer percentage, number one, the big Norwegian Harlan at 62%, Salah at 48%, Darwin and Vardy at 44% as well. Um, and then anytime assist, rounding it out. Number one, KDB at 40%. Grealish, Salah and Trent at 31%. Uh, and Cancelo, Martinelli, Saka and Sterling all at 26% there. So that's the, the rundown from the bookies this week, Dimmer. So there's much to talk through there, but the only one that I'll pick out for now was I don't think Leicester are keeping clean sheets. I saw the way that Ward was able to defend last week. He was sitting on my bench. So it didn't, well, it actually hurt when they did keep a clean sheet. But, you know, um, Forrest were actually pretty stiff to not score. They uh, hit the post in the first half. They had a really good chance in the second half when Ward must have had cement in his shoes because he should have actually come off the line much earlier than he did. And, um, yeah, Forrest weren't obviously able to score anyway. But, yeah, look, I'd say last week Leicester would have conceded against any team other than Bournemouth and Forest. So let's see how they go this week. Again, they uh, do have a very good fixture again in Bournemouth. So they might keep a clean sheet this week. However, I still don't think they will, not unless Ward was able to play a whole lot better than he did. So let's see what that looks like moving forward. Now, moving on to the long ball of the week. Um, Jamie, kick us off. Yeah, I think Reese James will be the highest scoring player of the round. He's playing against Wolves, who've only scored three goals for the year. Uh, they've sacked their manager. Neves is suspended. Um, you know, so, you know, they're played to shield the back four and the guy who, you know, can score a free, a free kick from 30 yards out is not playing. Uh, so I think Reese James will probably get a clean sheet, three bonus, and probably a goal. All right, well. I actually hope that happens. So his uh, price went up today, dude, to 6.1, Reese James. 
Um, the only thing about that with risk is the new manager bounce. Sometimes we see teams bounce, uh, bounce uh, obviously for a positive when they have a new manager. So let's just see, see how that plays out. My long ball of the week, haven't gone too, it's not too much of a risk, but I think Brighton will beat Spurs this week. I think Spurs just, uh, there's just a couple of cracks starting to form, especially at the back. And, uh, you know, Brighton last week, that uh, first half versus uh, Liverpool, that was almost like they were Man City, the way they had the ball sort of moving around, playing the sort of triangles, etc. So they looked really good under, under the new um, manager. So very interested to see what that looks like uh, versus Spurs this week, which what I think will be a very high-scoring game too. So it could be a 4-2, a 3-1, something like that. So we'll see how that goes. Questions from Twitter. I only got the one this week that we'll run through. Stone Cold FPL asks, is there too much is there too much to ask to have double Leicester midfield in Madison and Barnes? I don't own either of them at the moment, but I have two free transfers. So you'd probably be hurting if you didn't have Madison last week. And if you if you if you had listened to the podcast, then you should have had Madison last week. But Madison is a must-have, especially with all the fixtures coming up. I think no matter what you do this week, Stone Cold. The first thing you need to do is have a look at Madison and then work out all the funds available. By the way you're talking, it sounds like that, you, that you've got enough of Barnes as well. Look, Barnes scored a respectable eight points last week. He was in the bonus, I think, until the very end. So I think Ward might have stolen the one bonus point off him in the last minute of the game. So he scored his eight points last week, Bournemouth this week. I think if you, that if you can justify Barnes... Over the other 8.0 mids, you know, obviously he's only 6.9 million. So he's also comes in a bit cheaper. But I think he's a pretty good punt for the next few weeks, especially with the fixtures being Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Leeds, and then Wolves. So yeah. add, or... I'll, um, I'll, I'll agree that you have to bring in Madison. Um, Barnes, look, in my opinion, I think it's a bit too much. I wouldn't go down that way. I'd probably, um, you know... If you haven't got Zaha, if, you know, if you've got the budget, I'd probably be leaning towards going to Zaha um, more so than, um, you know, more so than Barnes or even Trossard, you know, who's a little bit cheaper than Barnes as well, 6.7. So uh, that's what I'd do, Stone Cold. All right. Now, moving on to the notable injury list. So just things to be mindful of with your transfers this week, whether it be uh, starting them on the ground or not now. Um so I'll just run through them quickly. We've got uh, Isak from Newcastle. So still looks like he's probably going to miss this week. Mitrovic, we're all waiting for the Mitrovic news, um, especially myself. I can't make any moves this week until I know whether he's starting, not starting, etc. I don't think that I'll be trading him out no matter what the news is. Not unless we hear he's out for three or four weeks because the Fulham um, fixtures coming up, you know, West Ham, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Leeds... I think they're just too good at the moment. So hopefully the news with him is positive and he can start this week. Sinistera, who popped up on our podcast last week as a one to watch, um, stupidly got sent off last week. So hopefully no one followed our advice there. So he's out suspended. Leon Bailey. He was my first sub this week and I was happy for him to play versus Nottingham Forest. And we hear today that he's got a bit of a muscle injury. So he's probably doubtful for this week's game. So the one game where you actually want to start in this year, and it looks like he's probably not going to be available. So we may have to look elsewhere there. Wesley Fofana. 
uh, scored a goal for Chelsea in the Champions League and then not not too long after that went off uh, in what looked like a whole lot of pain with a knee injury. Early reports are it's not great, so it's probably looking at a minimum of, say, six-week layoff, but I think we'll probably find some more information coming up. But, you know, he was one that, that I was looking to buy this week or even next week at 4.4, so... Uh, yeah, he's now we're going to have to look elsewhere. Still injured is uh, uh, Patterson from Everton, so he's still at probably another month away. Spurs boys, uh, Emerson Royale was sent off, so he's suspended. Kulisevsky still still got the the yellow flag on him, so I'm not sure whether if you've still got him and he's at that price point where you can probably move sideways to any other types of midfielders. He's probably one that you might want to move on. Uh, Robertson still haven't heard much from him. Um, seems like he may may have another week off. We're waiting for uh, the Klopp uh, presser coming up, but um, you know, especially with those uh, fixtures in the next fortnight for Liverpool, you're probably better off moving off him anyway at that price point of six point seven. And lastly, Man City have got Stones and Walker out from the back four. Stones has got a hamstring injury. I think they've said another week or two. Walker's looks a bit more serious, so he's going to be a bit out longer. But very interesting enough, Champions League this week. Diaz and Laporte started at centre-back. So now they've got four centre-backs, even though Stones is injured. So they've got Diaz, Laporte, Aki and um, Akanji. So what that looks like moving forward, we don't know because Walker, you know, typically holds that right-back spot. Cancelo might even go to right-back. You know, Nathan Aki can play left-back. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Pep wants to do with his squad, especially that um, back four this week. To be quite honest, Jamie, I reckon you or me could probably play somewhere in that back four this week against Southampton because City are probably going to have the ball for 70, 80 to 90% of the, of the match. So we'll see what that looks like. Now, okay, moving on to buy, hold, sell, wait. So just before we kick it off, we said last week that the best buy of the week had to be Madison. So hopefully for all of the listeners out there, you were able to follow suit. Jamie had brought in Madison two weeks ago. I had brought him in last week. So uh, happy with that so far. So let's see if we can find another gem, Jamie. So we'll kick it off with Madison's teammate, Castagna, at 4.4 with his fixtures, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Leeds and Wolves ahead. Yeah, I think he should definitely be on the watch list if you're looking for someone in that bracket. I'd buy him with that run. You know, and it, you know there's a good fixture against Bournemouth straight up. Leicester have... Um, you know, strong percentage by the bookies to keep a clean sheet. They've got the absolute, you know, brick wall in goals in Ward. So uh, I definitely go Castagna this week. Yeah, for me, he's a watch. I still don't have faith in the Leicester defence. Um, just and they I guess, you know, the way at the start of the year that they were leaking goals. Spurs, Spurs put six past them. Um, you know, Son scoring a hat trick in thirteen minutes. So for me, he's just a wait and see. Trossard six point seven. Scored a hat-trick last week against Liverpool. Fixtures are Tottenham, Brentford, Forest, City. And 627,000 managers have already moved to him this week. I'd buy him, even though they play Tottenham. So if you've got, you know, one or two free transfers, at that price, I think it's really attractive. Um, You know, let's see what he can do against Tottenham, though. Another good team. Can he back up, you know, back it up with another goal? Um, But, you know, if you're looking for a midfielder, I would buy him. Yeah, look, I also think he's a buy. I think I mentioned earlier on this podcast that I think the Brighton Spurs game will be a 
high-scoring game, which, you know, means that, you know, if uh, Brighton were to kick three, I think as I predicted before, um, you know, you would think that he would have a hand in one of them, uh, especially the way that they played last week where he was kind of playing as that sort of number 10 um, so yeah, for me, for me, he's a buy, but, um, I don't know whether I'll be able, uh, to get to him this week. Moving on to Phil Foden, 8.1, scoring a hat-trick, fixtures Southampton, Liverpool, blank, Brighton, 471,000 managers have bought him in this week. Yeah, he's got a great fixture this week against Southampton, um, you know, but if you've used your wild card and you can't dead in your team... You know, that blank in game week 12 would hurt because I'd assume you'd already have some City and Arsenal players there. So for that reason, I wouldn't bring him in, but he's definitely playing some of his, you know, um, best football um, in you know that he's ever played. So I think he's probably just someone to watch and, and wait for now. Yeah, very uh, interesting enough. In the Champions League, De Bruyne and Foden didn't play. So they're fresh for this week. So, geez, I wouldn't want to be Southampton this week when you're going to run into those two. And obviously Harland, who I think he came off at halftime or just after. So they're going to be fresh for the Southampton game. Look, for me, he's a, he's a wait until after the blank. Um, I probably wouldn't be bringing in any Man City or uh, Arsenal players until after that week. Um, the only way you could is if you were planning planning to wildcard in 12, which which – was my plan, but I'm now going to be wildcarding in 13. So um, I won't be um, buying any Man City players uh, up until then. Callum Wilson back in the fold at 7.2. And Miggy Almiron, 5.1 million. Newcastle scoring two goals last week. Their fixture runs Brentford, Man United, Everton, Tottenham. What are you thinking, Jamie? I, so... Last week when I had to trade out Isaac, it was 50-50 between Wilson and Tony in the end. And I went with Tony just because um, I wasn't sure about Wilson's minutes. Who could have predicted that Fulham would have got an early red card? Um, And also, I don't really trust Wilson because of his injury record. Um, I think he's just still a wait for me. Um, And then Elmeron, you know, at that price point, you know, I guess earlier earlier on in the season, in preseason, I didn't know if he'd be nailed on or not, but he's playing some good football. So, um, look, I wouldn't buy him, but I would just I would just wait and see on him as well. I actually, so I'm probably not going to go to Wilson because I think the forwards, I think with what's available up forward, I think I'd prefer to stick to the sort of Mitrovic's. That's if he's fit, but when you talk about. Uh, Almiron, you know, I guess for someone who's going to play their wild card in three weeks, looking at his next three fixtures at 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 5.1, he's actually not a bad shout. Like like he's the kind of player that you wouldn't want to hold him for more than that, but he could be a short-term fix for me because I'm probably going to have to find some money somewhere and he Are you, are you considering him? I'd never thought I would, but he's in good form. The only thing about it is uh that if uh Isak comes back and so does Alan St. Maximum. Where do they all fit? So, I, you know, even though he's in great form, I don't think he's nailed. Like, I still think he'll start, but I don't know if he starts, say, next week or the week after because all these players will be back. Newcastle spent a lot of money on their, you know, new striker, Isak. So, I, I don't know. For me, probably a wait and see for 
for uh, Miggy. And then for Wilson, for me, it's a no. Just he's only one sprint away from doing a hamstring, and then you then then you got another player out injured. So, okay, moving on to Mings from Aston Villa, four point three, very favourable fixtures. Forest, Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, and about eighty thousand managers have brought him in this week. Yeah, for a cheap for a cheap defensive enabler, I, I would buy him. I nearly bought him on wild card. Um, so yeah, he he would be a buy for me, and it's just a tasty fixture straight up, Dimmer. Would you want, like, say you're playing your wild card this week? Would you go Mings or would you go Guayhi from Palace? Um, the same price. I would probably go. Uh, I'd probably go Guayhi. Um, because when when I sat down and compared him, he he beat he beat Mings. Um, you know, uh, if if Aston Villa didn't keep a clean sheet, well, they've kept two in a row, haven't they? Um, so so maybe they've tightened up. I mean, if you know, it could be three in a row against Forest. Um, you know, but but have we missed the boat then? Because I still don't trust Villa defensively. Um, yeah, I, I would the probably... other thing. Sorry, the other thing about Villa's defence is I think uh, Matty Cash is going to be back this week. And, uh, you know, he's actually dropped down to 4.6. So, you know, would you rather Mings or someone like a Cash for an extra 0.3? I, I think you'd probably want to see him play for one or two weeks. But, you know, at that price of 4.6, he was in a lot of teams at the start of the year when he was five. So, you know, he's, he's uh, already dropped uh, significantly. So probably the Villa defenders, they're probably one to watch. Um, but, yeah, they've uh, kept two clean sheets in a row with uh, Forrest to come. So let's uh, watch this space. Moving on to Jared Bowen, 8.1, 14-pointer last week. Fulham, Southampton, Liverpool next three weeks. A very dubious assist, I must say. I can see Jamie shaking his head at the moment. For all of us non-owners, it was an absolute disgrace that he was given one of those assists. Jamie, your thoughts? That That was... When when the ball came off the defender, I actually rewinded the highlights, you know, just to make sure it didn't come off Bowen. And it didn't come off Bowen, so I went, oh, sweet, he's not going to get the assist there. And someone, one of the admins in FPL must have him, so they've awarded the assist there and, you know, probably cost us some spots. But anyway, he's got two good fixtures coming up. I'm still not convinced with um, with West Ham. If they can show something against Fulham this week then, you know, just like the title of the show says, the return of the 8.0 mids, he could then be an option. Um, because it doesn't matter who, you know, who Bowen plays or West Ham plays, he is probably the main outlet too. And I would think that their striker, Skamaka, who scored a really nice goal, by the way, um, you know, to get off the mark for them, I think he's a more prolific finisher than Antonio. So if you've got someone you can deliver it to in the box who, you know, can put him away a bit better, um, you know, I think it would just make Bowen a better asset. So right now it's a hold, but if he does anything against Fulham, you know, he could be on the watch list. Well, he played uh, 85 minutes in the Europa Conference uh, last night. So, you know, with only two or three days until the next game, will he have enough time to recoup? Interesting enough, uh, Skamaka started on the bench that game. So we probably know that he, he, he'll be starting, you'd think, for West Ham this week. Uh, look, for me, 
as far as Bowen goes, I think that if you've got him, you, you obviously got to hold him now for the next two weeks. I probably wouldn't be buying him. I mean, I also said the same thing last week and he scored 14 points. But I just think that, you know, 14 points last week, well, it was a choice for me between Madison and Bowen. And I ended up choosing Madison, you know, who even scored more than Bowen last week. So you obviously can't have them all. Um, I'm more than happy to forego Bowen uh, for the time being. He's got a pretty pretty low uh, ownership too. So it doesn't hurt you as much as someone like a Madison, who's now, I think, up to 25% ownership. Lastly, and I'm very bullish on this guy this week. He is this week's Madison for me. Wilfred Zaha, 7.3. Hasn't scored well in the last few weeks of Fantasy EPL, but looking at these fixtures... Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest. I don't. I see Crystal Palace scoring in every one of those games, and you want the main man if you can get him in. Jamie, thoughts? Yeah, Will Hunter. I he, he like you is my big target this week. He's in my starting eleven. I think that um, if you want someone in the midfield. He should be um, target number one. 7.3, I think he's pretty gettable at that price there. Um, and he's actually involved in my take it to the bank dimmer. Okay. Well, you might as well go on with it. Well, I think, I think you know, Zaha, the man born and bred and raised in London, but playing for Court d'Ivoire, is going to score against Leeds. I think just just picture it. I could just picture it now. He, you know, he, he's going to come up against Leeds's right back on the edge of the box. He's going to torment him a little bit just by, you know, with the inside of his um, right foot. He'll 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 flick it out uh, just to create that space and that angle outside the box and just put a top right hand corner. I think I think he scores and he gets two or three bonus points this week. Yeah, and so I'm trying to work out a way to actually get to him this week. Like, I, I think he is this week's Madison. I think I'm going to have to do some surgery on this team. But, yeah, for me, he's he seems to be the standout for the next sort of, you know, six, seven weeks. He's just a player that you just don't have to touch. You can just leave him there. Don't have to worry about that spot for the next six, seven weeks. Um, yeah, my... My take to the bank, as I said, is that there will be goals in the Brighton Spurs game. I'm going to say four or more. So um, I just think that both of those teams are probably prime. They're probably, probably at the moment, much better going forward than they are at the back. On to the weekly Twitter poll. So in, in line with uh, the theme of today's show, the, we asked, uh, we surveyed the Twitter sphere. Given the fixtures and form, who's the best 8.0 midfielder to purchase at the moment? So the four options that we gave were Bowen, Foden, Madison, Luis Diaz. And the results were Luis Diaz with a whopping 1%. So I guess the fixtures have scared people off there. Jared Bowen only with 3%. Very surprising after scoring 14 points last week. Phil Foden, 20%. So I reckon that would be higher, but because City blank in a few weeks' time, I reckon that scared a few people off. James Madison with a whopping 76%, three out of four people. Um, so the fact that he's not part of the England squad at the moment kind of baffles me. 
the form he's in, I think he will be on the plane. But yeah, seventy-six um, percent of uh, the Twitter sphere out there have all voted that he's currently the best eight point oh mid out there. Um, and then yeah, you got Zaha slightly under that price bracket as well, who will probably come into the fold as well. Um, moving on to the best captain choice. Well, we don't have to spend much time on this, I reckon. I'm going to go with Haaland. I reckon the whole of Twitter is going to go with Haaland and the other ones that aren't going to go with Haaland are probably the zombie teams that have still got on Salah. When do we triple captain this bloke? That's the only question I have. It, could this be the week to do it? I'm not even kidding. Well, I always like to keep my triple captainship for a double game week. As we know, game week seven got uh, cancelled entirely. And City blank in three weeks. So to me, that says that City are going to have at least two doubles, probably in the second half of the year. That's when I'd like to probably use the triple captainship on Haaland. See, I almost think that if he keeps up this form for the whole season, Haaland should be a chip on his own. He should have his own chip where you can use him for one week of the season to be the to be the actual captain, because at the moment. Uh, no matter who he plays, you're still going to have him as your skipper. In two weeks' time, Liverpool play against Man City. Now, I, I still think everyone's still going to captain Haaland. And interesting enough, in the uh, community shield, when Liverpool beat City, Haaland didn't score. But he had a uh, expected goals of 1.6. So he should have scored. He, uh, he hit the bar. And he was in all the right spots. And I just feel like now that the Man City players have played with him for longer and they know about his running patterns, etc. cetera, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's just in that position where you'd be, you'd be a very, very brave person to not have him now as the skipper. Yeah, and, you know, just talking about their fixtures coming up against Liverpool soon, you know, last year or the year before, if Harlan was coming up against Van Dijk, who, you know, people were saying he was the best centre-back going around. You know, last week against Brighton, the ball came straight to him and he did a fresh airy. Like, he just completely missed the ball. And, um, you know, he should have cleared it. And it fell to Trossard and Trossard's hit it into the ground and it's bowled up over Allison. Um, I don't think even Van Dyke can stop Harlan. I don't think Harlan would be scared of Liverpool's back four. If anything, what they're, what they're seeing is just, uh, I think he'd be licking his lips. Um, so, and you know, yeah, you're right in that community shield game, he, you know, he's hit the bar and he's, he's missed the sitter, you know, from, from under the goalpost as well. Um, yeah, I, maybe I'm just being a bit impatient, but you know, I, I think, you know, Southampton at home after putting six past United, I think it could be a good triple captain, but I think I'll just wait and I'll wait for a double game week. Hopefully it's Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest. <laughs> the only... The only thing is that if City are 3-0 up with uh, uh, the Champions League on again next week, he might also be subbed at halftime. That, that's the only thing. Because if he played 90 against Southampton, oh, you know, it could be a cricket score. Anyway, moving on to our teams. Now, I've got huge dilemmas here, but yes, I'll, Jamie? I'll, I'll go first because mine's easy. Mine's easy. I'm rolling this week. Um, even if Mitrovic... Uh, is injured, I'll just park him on the bench because he's got some good fixtures. So I'll just quickly go through my team because um, Dim's yours is a bit more interesting than mine. So I've got Pope in goals. Um, 
yeah, I'd like Iverson to probably start against Bournemouth. I might even do that again. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I've got Cancelo, Trippier, James in the back line. I've got Zaha, Big Wilf. I've got Madison, De Bruyne, Martinelli in the midfield. Tony, Mitrovic and Harlan up top um, with Guihi, Andreas Pereira and Neko Williams on the bench. If Mitrovic is injured, Guihi will just come on against Leeds. Leeds can't score away from home, it seems like, recently. So um, pretty happy with that team, Dima. So let us know what's going on in your world over there. Yeah, look, I guess the fact that your team's, you know, in that shape where you can roll is probably, uh, you know, the fact that you were able to use your wild card and you also planned. So the fact that I haven't used my wild card and I've, I've kind of set myself to use it um, in game week 13 because I think that the fixtures in 13, there are some teams that you really want to target. So, yeah, I'll, I've, I've kind of just got to be in a, a, I guess, I'm just trying to hold my rank between now and that sort of game week 13. But these are my issues this week. So Mitrovic waiting on that news. Um, you know, to be honest, I actually could roll. I could make one transfer. I could be taking a hit. I don't know what to do yet. I'm waiting on a number of things. Even my decision in goals is difficult. I've got Pope against Brentford or I've got Ward against Bournemouth. So I still haven't even made up my mind on that. I think right now it's Pope. But, you know, it's even that this week is a difficult decision. So right now my side is Trippier, or well, obviously Pope in goals, Trippier, James, Cancelo and Diaz. Now, I'm worried about Diaz because he played in the Champions League, didn't play last week in the league, has Pep set him now for uh, the Champions League block of games, which means he won't play this week, which means I've got a you know 5.9 million defender who might not play. Who, who, um, what's wrong with Stones again? Stones got a hamstring, so he'll probably miss again. Yeah, okay, well, that's good for Diaz. Good for Diaz, but they've got uh, Akanji and Nathan Aki and Laporte play during the during the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, well, that's right. I mean, there's a few options there. I, I, you know what? I reckon Diaz probably starts more than he doesn't. You know, Ake can play left back. Laporte can go left centre back. But then again, you know, Cancelo can go play right back. Um, and then Ake can yeah play centre back. Oh, sorry, left back. And then Diaz could slot in there. And Akanji, look, Akanji, he's droppable. He's only played a few games and he's new to the team. Um, so, yeah, it's just a toss of a coin. Yeah, well, yeah, so we'll have to dissect that a bit more. Midfielders at the moment, Sala, Madison, Martinelli. Forwards are Mitrovic with the yellow flag. Haaland as captain and Tony as my third striker. The bench at the moment looks like, as I said, Ward, Ward in goals at the moment on the bench. And then my bench is Bailey, who looks like he won't play, which he was a nice first sub this week. He had Forrest. So I'm, I'm spewing that he's not going to be fit for this week by the looks of it. I've got uh, Andreas Pereira and Saliba, who's got Liverpool at home. So, you know, looking at the team, if uh, Diaz and Mitrovic were both fit, I'd probably roll. I, I like. I don't think I need to do anything drastic, but I really want to get to Zaha, and I don't know how how I can do it at the moment. I've got zero point seven in my cap, um, you know, which means 
if I want to get Zaha, the only way to get there without a hit is to go Salah. That's the only way. The Salah only to Zaha. That's the only avenue if I want to get Zaha this week. Now, I've also toyed with Diaz to a 4.0 because my team I'm only picking for the next three weeks and then I'm going to wildcard. So Diaz to a 4.0 and then Bailey goes to Zaha. And then I've got a real strong team. But one, it's a hit. And two, I'm trying to downsize my Man City and Arsenal assets before they blank. So I've only got three free transfers until that week where they blank. And I've got five players. So essentially what it means is that should I make that trade, I'm probably going to be rolling out nine players, maybe 10 players in the week of game week 12 when there's a blank between City and Arsenal. I don't want to sell Haaland because of the money that I've got tied up in him in that week. Um, Cancelo, I think, will survive. To be honest, I think Martinelli and Saliba will also survive. I think I'll probably play with 10 during that week because I think that the upside of playing the wild card in game week 13 with the fixtures opening right up for teams like Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, um, Leicester and Palace still have those fixtures. So, I don't know, like talking through it now, it might be Diaz down to a 4.0 and then it might be Zaha coming in for Bailey. Um, it also solves that problem. Um, yeah, but the, the only problem as well, sorry, is whoever my 4.0 is down back will play in game week 12. Is so there anyone at 4.0? MSN. So the ones I've looked, the ones I've looked at, um, there's only two that I that I'm actually currently looking at, Emerson, but he played 90 minutes this week uh, in the Europa Conference League, and James Tompkins from Crystal Palace came came on last week because Crystal Palace have got a couple of injuries at the back, so he's only 3.9. So I'm thinking maybe I do go Tompkins. And I bring in Zaha and him. And that way I don't have to, um, you know, I can kind of hedge my bets a bit. Do you know who Palace play in 12 as well? That's why I brought Guihi in. Uh, I, I think, yeah. They yep. can't score a goal. So mm. if Tompkins can keep his spot in 12, could be a good shout for you. And and you know, you know my opinion on it. I don't mind taking the minus four, especially if it sets your team up. Yeah, it's not nice, but look, I think Zaha scores this week and have a look at his run. He he will start. Look, I, if I were you, I'd probably do it. Yeah. Um, even though you're dropping Salah, I don't know. Him and Liverpool really I'm, haven't shown I'm, much. I'm not, oh, no, you wouldn't need to. Sorry, you wouldn't need to. Sorry, sorry. It'd be Diaz. Sorry, Diaz isn't even nailed. You know, so yes. there are the, there are the question marks on on that. I mean, yeah, okay. If he starts this week, he'll get a clean sheet. But you know, who knows? Um, you know, he was the most nailed on defender last year, him and Cancelo. But now, 
Yeah, it's it it is a tricky one. But what happens? All right, what happens if um you just do one trade? What if you're going to do one trade? What would that be this week? Or would you just is roll and one trade probably the same sort of odds at the moment? Well, if it was only one trade, I'd just want to get in Zaha, but I can't get to him unless it's Salah, and I almost think it's a waste of a trade because Salah can score against anyone, right? He scored he scored in the Champions League. Yes, I've got you know twelve point eight mil in him. Um, my uh, original plan was to sell him this week for Zaha, but the fact that DS now isn't nailed, the fact that Mitrovic's got a bit of an injury, the fact that Man City blank now in twelve, as do Arsenal. I've had to change the whole strategy because should there have been no blank, um, it would be for me pretty straightforward this week. I actually think it would be fairly straightforward. But the fact that there's those blanks, I'm going to have to start to offload Man City and Arsenal um, players. So if I do take a minus four this week, it'll definitely be, I think it'll be Zaha and probably one of the 4.0s in. And then it will be uh, Diaz and Bailey out. I think it solves some problems. It means that I've got a Pretty good starting eleven with Mitrovic. Um, in fact, it's a it's a very strong starting eleven. And then you know, hoping that he starts. And then if he doesn't start, well, you know, you're probably looking at one of probably Tompkins, Saliba, or uh, Pereira as the first sub. So still working through what that looks like. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where if I had to play my wild card in the previous two weeks, I'd be sitting pretty. I could roll, but. That's the feeling that I'll have in game week 13 and 14 and 15 because the side that I'm going to pick in 13 on my wild card is essentially going to get me through all the way to 16 when we then have the bar, uh, when we then have the uh, second wild card, if you want to call it that, for uh, the World Cup. So, yeah, as I said, I, all I want to do is hold rank. Um, I think in this case I have to take a hit. It's a strange one because I've got someone like Diaz who if he starts, it's, it's probably guaranteed six points. So it, it it actually hurts to sell him because I might sell him and then we look at the actual team sheet and he's on there. So it's just one of those things. But but so if you don't sell Diaz this week, does he start for you next week against Liverpool? No. No. And then he and then he blanks. What what's your plan for Diaz? Would you trade him out next week just so you've you're not down to nine players in twelve or uh the plan was to trade him out in 12 always. Okay. But once again, like looking at the plan that I had, I was going to roll um, this week on the uh, original plan and then make two in the, obviously make, make two, sorry, I was going to roll next week and then make two the following week during the blank. But unfortunately, yeah, that's not going to happen. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a dilemma at the moment. Um, I may have to do a little bit of research in regards to probably the two things is whether uh, Mitrovic's going to start or not. That's the first thing for me. And the second bit of information I need is uh, who's going to start for Palace at the back. Is is it going to be someone like a Tompkins? Now, at the same time, he won't start for me this week. So it's not not actually crucial. But I'd like to have him probably as first sub because looking at those fixtures, I think... Palace has probably got the best fixture this week when you look at um, the other guys on my bench. So, 
Yeah, I have to admit, this is the most that I've uh, mulled over my team all season by a mile. I've been looking up, you know, I've been listening to other podcasts. I've been, you know, looking on social media, Twitter, trying to get information all week. Still hasn't come. So, yeah, as I said, just to sort of wrap up my side, might be rolling, might be making one, might be taking a hit. I'm not sure what it's going to look like yet. Uh, yeah, sounds like you've got a few decisions to make there. Look, you've still got some time, so hopefully some um, news filters out of the press conferences for you, for you there, Dimmer. Uh, thank you for that. All right, well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in today. Um, if you've got any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Both of our uh, Twitter handles are in the uh, title of this uh, podcast or the uh, description. Um, otherwise, uh, Jamie, any final thoughts? No, nah, no, nah, that's it. I think it's been a thorough discussion. So good luck, everyone. Yep, good luck, everybody. All the best this game week and keep chasing those green arrows.